0: Well, welcome to church, everyone. How are you guys doing? Good to see you guys here today. If it's your first time here or your first time maybe back in a while, we're excited you're here. Today is the final part of this Start of Fall series called Chasing Purpose where we've really been looking at the idea of our purpose in life as well as the purpose, the mission and vision of this church and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But can I just say this is an exciting time of year? First of all, the kids have been back in school for a month now, like five days a week. Parents, can we amen that this morning? Praise God, right? Also, we've got, um, we've got Halloween coming up. It's October already. I can't even believe that. In fact, um, yesterday we went to Walmart and we loaded up on some candy to prepare for our Trunk or Treat event that's going to be happening at the end of the month. I hope you guys would all consider uh, either signing up to host a car where you can decorate your trunk and uh, make a game for the kids to come by or or donate some candy. We would love for you to do that. Um, but as you all know, all the adults in here at least, it is very, very important. Uh, one of the our responsibilities as adults is that we need to sample the candy to make sure that it's ready to go out to the kids, right? You guys with me? And so I, I, I brought uh, some candy here today um, from my trick or and stuff. How many of you guys like... The, the classic Hershey bar. Are there any classic Hershey bar fans over here? I see someone over here, someone back there. Do you guys want these? Yes? Okay, all right. Wendy, I'll have you and Jim help me out so I'm not running off the stage here. There you go. Awesome. There you go. I'm, I'm always willing to share from my bag. I was one of those kids. Do you ever trade with people when you get your candy? I used to do that. Um, all right, let's see what I, oh, the Kit Kat bar. The Kid Kat bar, my wife likes these, my kids like these. Any kid, Leo, you're a Kit Kat fan? You're a Kid Kat fan, Ellen, back there? Do you guys know the Kid Cat song? No, you don't know? Okay, well, Leo, come right here in the middle. Ellen, why don't you come right with him? And if you, Ellen, if you can teach him the Kid Kat song, I'm gonna give you guys a Kid Kat bar, all right? Face them, face them, yep, here we go. You guys can help him out, because Leo doesn't know this, and he needs to know this, okay, all right, here we go, ready? One, two, three. Three, three. Yeah, break Break. me off. Kid Cat Bar. Here you guys go. Congratulations. Well done. Well done. That's awesome. Now, this one, this is my absolute, like, all time. This is, like, my go-to candy, okay? If if, If I have a vice when it comes to candy, it is this. This is the Reese's peanut butter cup. Ashton, you like, you like Reese's a lot. Who else? David, you like Reese's a lot? You guys want these? Were you not paying attention to what I said? These are my favorite. I'm not giving these away. No, I'm just, I'm just playing, I'm willing to share. There you guys go, Ashton and Dave. Well, here's the deal, here's the deal. When I was a kid growing up, um, middle school student in like the early 90s, I loved to go out trick or treating. And I got it down to a science where I knew what the best houses in the neighborhood were to go trick-or-treating. And you know why they were the best houses? Because they didn't give out junk candy, all right? They weren't giving out Tootsie Rolls or candy corn or even the acceptable bite-sized candy. No, the best houses gave out legit full-size candy bars, amen? Amen. And so that's what we've been trying to do in this series called Chasing Perfect. We've been trying to to give you guys the legit, full-size, these are the core values of our church. These are the things that we are willing to bleed and die for, okay? These are the, the core truths that we believe that every follower of Jesus should live out in their lives. Now, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, you're still kind of on the fence about what you believe about God and Jesus and all that, first of all, we are so glad you're here. We're so glad that you're joining us, whether you're here live or whether you're watching online. But here's the deal. While the things we've been discussing over the last several weeks really can truly benefit your life if you apply them, these core values that we've been talking about are things that followers of Jesus are actually commanded to do. So if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're here today, again, welcome. We're glad you're here. But technically, you're you're off the hook. But let me give you a recap of what we've been talking about because again, everything that we've been talking about, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, can benefit your life. But if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, these things are really not optional. They're commanded of us in Scripture. And so let's quickly review. Back in week one, we began saying that being a follower of Jesus really boils down to one key word. And that word is what? Love. Love. That's right. In fact, Jesus said this in John 13, 35. He said this. He said, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciple if you love one another. That amazingly, the key, the first step to becoming a follower of Jesus is not how much Bible you know. It's not whether you can translate the Hebrew or the Greek or being religious enough and following a bunch of rules. No, the very first step to becoming a follower of Jesus is connected to this one very little but yet very powerful word, love. And this is why our very first core value as a church, kind of our umbrella value that everything else falls under is this, that loved people, what church? love people, that loved people love people. It's this incredible understanding that followers of Jesus are formed through love relationships. And, And I don't want you to miss it because, again, every other core value that we talked about falls under this incredible truth, this greatest commandment that Jesus taught for us to live in a personal, vertical love relationship with him and through the outpouring of that love, for it to overflow horizontally, to live out a love relationship with everyone around us, that loved people love people. And then after we unpacked that in week one, we looked at this incredible story of two guys named Philip and Nathaniel. That this guy Philip, we saw how he had an encounter with Jesus. That Jesus found Philip and his life was changed. I mean, Jesus power washed his soul and he became a Jesus follower. And the first thing that Philip did was he went looking for his buddy Nathaniel to tell him about Jesus. And Nathaniel was skeptical, but that didn't stop Philip. He said, come and see, come and see. And Nathaniel encountered Jesus, and his life was radically changed, and he became a follower of Jesus. But why did Philip run to his buddy Nathaniel to tell him about Jesus? Because of our second core value, which is this, that found people, what, church? Find people. That found people, find people. See, we're not on this planet just for ourselves As followers of Jesus, we're here to impact other people for God. So if you're stressed out because, again, you feel like, hey, I'm the only Christian at my place of work. I'm the only Christian in my school. This is so hard. This is so tough. Maybe God has placed you exactly where you need to be so that people who need to know Jesus can experience his incredible love through you. Because every person you ever meet is loved by God and has an eternal destination. And if you're a follower of Jesus, every person you ever meet should matter to you because they matter to God. That's why our second core value is that found people, find people. And then in week two, we looked at, at a story of perhaps the most famous apostle, Peter, Peter and how he, he separated himself from Jesus and the other disciples after Jesus was arrested, and he wound up denying that he even knew Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. And through that powerful story, we unpacked our third core value, that according to the Scriptures, growing people what, church? Grow with people. Growing people, grow with people. You see, Scripture clearly tells us that we are not called to do life alone. God didn't call us to be a solo Jesus follower and just walk through life by ourselves. And if the COVID pandemic has taught us anything as a society, it has shown us that isolation is both emotionally and mentally toxic to people. See, we're created to do life with other people. We need community in order to stay healthy. And this truth certainly applies to followers of Jesus. In fact, there is no such thing, I would argue, there is no such thing as a sold-out, growing follower of Jesus who's not tied into some kind of community, like a local body of believers or a small group community. And you can try to get around it, but it's not biblical, and it'll eventually go badly for you. And hopefully many of you realized that truth and you considered signing up and joining a small group this fall to embrace more community in your life. And then last week we had Reverend uh, Wes Tink join us, and he shared with us about his Nazarene compassionate ministry in the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love called Front Step. And, and that this, this is a work to really share Jesus and enhance the quality of life of kids and families in one of the poorest urban communities in America, in North Philly. And I hope many of you will consider joining us to be a part of a work and witness trip there next year in August, or maybe even sponsoring someone who's trying to go. And Pastor Wes also unpacked for us the incredible story of the good Samaritan, who is willing to use what he had, and who is willing to get a little bit uncomfortable to help someone in need. And this was the perfect story to illustrate our fourth core value as a church, which is this, that saved people what? Serve Serve people. That saved people serve people. That according to scripture, followers of Jesus are willing to leverage their time, their talents, and their resources to make a difference in the lives of others, even if it requires us getting out of our comfort zone. Now, today as we land this series, I want to talk about another word that really highlights what a Jesus follower is all about. And we've talked about the, the word love, and then there's this other word, and it's this, relationship. Relationship. Because when we want a relationship with someone, what matters to them starts to matter to us. You know, when I started dating my wife, Julie, I I wanted to to learn more about her and find out about all the things that she enjoyed and the things that she liked. Why? Because she mattered to me. So what mattered to her mattered to me. And then when when I became a father, I wanted to know what my kids were interested in. It became important to me. Like I wasn't a Disney princess fan until my three little girls started running around the house in princess dresses, okay? They mattered to me. So what matters to them started to matter to me. And the very first followers of Jesus in the early church in Acts, they understood this principle because what mattered to Jesus mattered to them. And here's what Acts 2 says about them. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And God used a group of crazy, imperfect people to literally change the world. So here at our church, we want to grow. We want to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. It is our number one priority and mission as a church. But here's the deal. We don't want to just be a growing church numerically. We also want the people of our church to be growing in their walk, in their relationship with Jesus But if we're going to partner with God to accomplish that mission, it's going to require all of us to be willing to take ownership of this vision. And that's why we say here all the time that this church doesn't need members. We're looking for owners, people who are willing to take ownership of their calling to not just go to church, but to actually be the church in this world. And that doesn't mean we're all the same. It doesn't mean we're clones. I mean, I just did an illustration with some Halloween candy. Some of you like Hershey bars. Some of you like Kit Kat bars. Some of you like recessed peanut butter cups. You know, in fact, when it comes to our walk with God, we can also be very different. The person here who doesn't know if God is real is in a different place spiritually than the person here who maybe received Christ last year or last week and they're getting ready to get baptized next week. Or the person who's been a follower of Jesus for decades. We're all in different places. But here's one thing we know. Here's one thing we know. We know that we all have something in common when it comes to our spiritual walk. And that is we all have a next step to take in that walk. Even if our step is different than the people sitting around us. And this is really our fifth core value as a church. That according to the scriptures... Changed people change. Changed people change. So as we land this series today, here's my goal. My goal is for all of us to maybe start to process and start to think about and start to consider our next step. And then after we've identified it, to start to have the courage to actually take it. And if all of us can begin to do that in our lives, I believe that our church, our church community could be unstoppable for God. Now, some people think, well, I, I, don't, I don't really think I have a next step, pastor. And, and the more of a church background you have, the more likely you are of thinking that you might have it all together. And if that's you today, I just have a very simple question for you. If you were standing next to Jesus, would anyone mistake the two of you as twins? And, and if the answer to that question is no, then you, just like the rest of us, still have work to do in your growth, in your relationship with Christ. Why, because changed people continue to change. Changed people throughout their entire lives continue to take next steps and change. So in our last few minutes together, let me just kinda recap again what we've talked about in this entire series and unpack four big areas where most of us might need to take might need to consider taking a next step in our walk with God. Number one is this. Maybe your next step is you need to start to be bold in your invitations. To be bold in your invitations. Do you know what I mean by that? I mean there are people that you have thought about inviting to church, and it's time to ramp up your boldness. And I'll tell you why. The reason is because I need you to experience our church Through the eyes of a person that doesn't know Jesus. I need you to start to experience our church that way. Because when you invite someone to come to church with you and they say yes, let me tell you, you look at that Sunday entirely differently than you would any other Sunday that you'd come to church. All of a sudden, you're going to start praying that the music is great. Even if you don't like the music, you want them to like the style of music. You'll pray that the preacher isn't preaching a sex sermon, right? (laughs) You want a message about God's love and grace, exactly what your friend might need in their life. You want the gospel to be preached on that Sunday. So if you're an owner of this church, we need you to be bold about your invitations so that you can help us to always, as a church, stay on mission and vision, to focus on people who need Jesus That's why one of our core values again is this, say it with me, you should know it by now, that what, found people, find people. It's about loving folks enough to invite them to connect with the God who made them and loves them. To invite them and to invest in their lives. Maybe that's your next step. Number two, maybe your next step is you need to start to be bold in your volunteering. To be bold in your volunteering. Now there are many of you who serve And you've served for years in this church. And from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank our amazing volunteers here. You guys are my heroes. But there's many of you who need to get off the sidelines and get into the game. We need you to be bold in your volunteering. And there are so many opportunities here for you to start using your talents and your giftings to serve God. We have opportunities with kids, with students, with adult ministries, the greeter team, the sound team, the worship team. Like I told you, we even have events like Trunk or Treat coming up where you could say, yeah, I'll decorate the trunk of my car. We have incredible compassionate ministries here through our Life Essentials ministries, a clothing closet that meets once a month, and during that, you know, in other days, you know, prepare sorting and organizing the clothes. We have a food bank. We have have a a diaper drive that's going on right now, still for another week. You can bring diapers and drop them off, you know, in the front of the church. There are so many opportunities, all these different ministries that allow our church to function and run. But if you choose to volunteer, here's what I promise you we're not going to do to you. We're not going to throw you in a classroom with children and say, good luck, see you in an hour. We won't do that. You know why? We care about you, but we also love our kids way too much to do that, okay? If you have dreams at night of punting small children, you will never serve in Lighthouse Kids ministry here at our church. Our standards are way too high. But, but if you love kids and you want to be an influence in their lives, here's what we'll do. We'll equip you. We'll train you. We'll also give you a criminal background check to make sure our kids are safe. We'll partner you with a more experienced leader in children's ministry who can help mentor you as you grow in your leadership. But here's the deal, whatever your giftings are, we'll help you to find your fit so that you can start to use the gifts that God has given you to make a difference in the lives of people. That's why another of our core values here is this, and again, you know it, so say it with me, that saved people serve people. Every person welcomed by a greeter, every baby that's held, every child or student that's invested in by a small group leader, it makes a difference. For some of you, your next step is to start getting bold in your serving. Number three, for some of you, your next step is this, you need to start to be bold about community. If you're a follower of Jesus here today and you're struggling, maybe in your walk right now, you feel like you're at a low point in your walk with Christ, maybe the next step for you is getting plugged into some Christian community. It's about being willing to get real with some other people, to take off the mask, to continually start to work on growing and changing into the person that God has called you to be. And we have small groups that meet, you know, all week long to allow you to do life with other people that are trying to follow Jesus just like you. Maybe your next step is understanding our core value. Say it with me, that growing people grow with people. Scripture says that iron sharpens iron. One of the greatest things you can do to grow in your walk with life is to start to do life with other followers of Jesus who can encourage you and support you and hold you accountable and that you can do likewise for them. Number four, maybe your next step is this, that you need to start being bold in making God first. I love that song that we sang right at at the end of worship today. It's this idea that in all areas of life are you giving God the priority Are you going all in? Are you making him first? For those of us here who consider ourselves followers of Jesus, sometimes we have the tendency to make God a part of our lives, but not all of our lives. Some of us need to to give over our fears. Some of us are too afraid what other people think about us, and we allow that to dominate our thoughts and our lives. For some of us, that, that next step is handing over that fear to God, and being willing to take a step and go public with your faith through an act like baptism. We have several folks going public with that decision, getting baptized next week, and maybe you've been fighting it. Maybe you need to go into the the foyer at the end of service today, or you need to write us if you're watching online and say, you know what, I've been holding off way too long. I need to go public with my faith. I want to be baptized. For some of you, it's your dating relationships. You know, or it's, it's your addictions. It's your finances that you've been holding back onto and not surrendering to God. It's your marriage. Some of you need to seek help. Some of you might need, need to even get really out of your comfort zone and say, you know what, I, I need to tell my doctor an issue going on with me. I need to seek a counselor if I'm really going to grow and change. But, Pastor, if we did that, people would start to know about our problems. Let me tell you something. When the divorce attorneys get involved, people are going to know about your problems. Why not be open now? Why not try to get help now? Maybe that's your next step. See, as we've said throughout this series, it's okay to not be okay and still be a part of this church. We love you. The doors are open. You're welcome here. There are no perfect people here. We say that all the time, and God is ready to meet you right where you are. But guess what, church? He doesn't want you to stay there. He doesn't want you to stay there. As you start to walk in a love relationship with him, step by step, day by day, he wants to start to change and transform your life from the inside out. That's why we have a core value that says this, that changed people change. Changed people change. See, in our church, whether you're still figuring out what you believe about God or whether you've been a follower of Christ for 50 years, all of us have a next step to take in our relationship with Jesus. All of us are still a work in progress, growing in this journey of grace. And this concept of truly living to love God and making him first in every area of your life is such an important step in this journey of grace. In fact, it's a life-changing next step to get to the place where you're able to say, God, I know you love me and I love you and I'm ready to trust you with all of my life and all of my future. I'm choosing to make you first in every area of life. Thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. Do you know what that's called? It's called surrender. It's called going all in. And there's a special word in church for this incredible next step in our walk with God, and it's this word here, sanctification. Sanctification. The Apostle Paul talks about it like this in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The, The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, this concept of sanctification can seem challenging, but for me, it's kind of like this. See, her whole life, my wife, Julie, has wanted a Jeep Wrangler. Her dad had a Wrangler, and she loved to ride in it as a kid. And when she finally got her license in high school, she was so excited that her dad would, would let her drive his Jeep She would tell me how cool she felt when she was driving to high school with the top down and her hair blowing in the wind and pulling up into that student parking lot and climbing out of that Jeep, just how awesome she felt. And in the over two decades that we've been married, we've gone and looked at Jeeps. We've taken test drives in Jeeps. In fact, one time we almost bought a Jeep. But for the first 25 years that she had her driver's license, she has never had a Jeep until last year. See, I told you guys earlier that when you love somebody, what matters to them starts to matter to you. And so for the past 10 years in our marriage, unknown to my wife, I started putting money aside and hiding a little bit of money each and every month. And I put aside a Jeep fund. And I said, one day I'm gonna get her a Jeep. Well, early last year I found a great deal on a used Jeep. I actually asked Pastor Cheryl's husband, Tim Curlew, to come and look at it with me because he really knows cars. And we went up to Auburn, and, and I asked him if he could tell me if it was a good deal. And he looked at it. He looked at the engine. He crawled underneath the thing. And it needed some work in order to pass inspection, but it had really low miles on it, and it had a good frame. And he said, A.J., this is a really good deal. That's a really good price. And so then I called my wife's father, who, again, loves Jeeps and knows how to work on Jeeps. And I said, Dad, could you come for a visit and work on this Jeep and help it to get past inspection? I want to give it to Julie for her birthday. And he agreed. So on my wife's birthday last year, I surprised her with a red Jeep Wrangler and a visit from her dad. And let me tell you, she still says that is the greatest gift that I've ever given her. She loves that car. If she has a stressful day, she loves to just jump in that car and drive to a beach, take the top off, put the windows down. She can go wherever she wants, and she just loves it. When we become Christians, when we become followers of Jesus, it's like we're driving in a Jeep, and we're loving it, and all of a sudden we've invited Jesus to come and ride in our Jeep with us. And we're so glad that he's now a part of our life. I mean, he's joining us on this incredible adventure. We begin to ask him for directions and where to go. Sometimes we even give him a hold of the wheel from the passenger seat because we're still driving. We're still the driver. We're still holding on to the wheel. But eventually, eventually, we can come to a place where we grow to love and trust him so much that we realize I don't want to be in the driver's seat anymore. I don't need to be the one holding on to the steering wheel and white-knuckling it every single day because the dreams and plans that he has for my life is greater than anything that I could ever think or imagine for my life. See, it's it's where we understand and we get to this place in our walk with God where you love and trust him so much that you're willing to release control of the steering wheel of your life and say, God take it. You can have it all. See, our love story with God can be the greatest love story of your entire life. He pursues us with his pervenient grace that comes even before we know him. He is pursuing us and after us. And he leads us to this critical point, this crisis moment, where we're able to choose to enter into a personal relationship with him And then he brings us to this amazing, beautiful point where we're willing to surrender everything to him and give him first place in our life. You see, when we're able to give ourselves fully to God, he sanctifies us, he empowers us with his Holy Spirit to live a life where we don't even have to be a prisoner of sin anymore, but we can start to have victory over sin in our life, and it's absolutely amazing when we fully surrender our life to him, when we make him first in everything, he gives us this incredible gift of filling us with himself through the power of his Holy Spirit. And we release the steering wheel and God through the power of his Holy Spirit becomes not just our savior, he becomes the Lord of our life. For many of us today, this is really our next big step of faith. And let me tell you, church, this is where the action really is. This is where the rubber hits the road. This is where life changes. See, it's one thing to believe in Jesus and receive what he did for you, willingly dying on the cross to pay for your sins. It's one thing to make him your savior. God, you've saved me. Thank you. Many people make that incredible step where they believe and they receive the forgiveness of God and begin a relationship with Jesus. That's salvation. He becomes our savior but it's a whole nother thing to be willing to trust him with everything, to make him first in your life, to make him not just savior, but Lord. And when you're able to take this next step, let me tell you, your walk or your drive with God will go to places you never could have imagined, places beyond your wildest dreams. The Apostle Paul describes the transformation that occurs in a sold-out follower of Jesus like this when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit living in the life of a sold-out believer in Christ. He says this in Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Spirit is the thing that energized the first century Christians to go out into the streets and proclaim the good news of Jesus, even at the risk of their very lives. The Bible says that when we go all in with God, the Holy Spirit moves into every aspect of our lives, and it begins to transform and inform our conscience. It begins to change us from the inside out. It's a Spirit that says, I don't think you should go with them. I don't think you should look at that. I don't think you should click on that website. I don't think you should cheat on that test. It's the spirit that begins to inform our conscience and it moves us to live and act in ways that on our own, naturally, we might have never done. See, it's the spirit that solves the problem of our sin nature and gives us victory over sin. And you start to see the fruit of God flourish in your life you begin to change you begin to transform and going back to how we began this series it really starts again with love love is i was here first but you can have my seat love is i'm going to sacrifice for you even if there's nothing coming back my way you don't find that in nature that's a god thing and then there's peace Do you know what people who cheat and lie and have an affair don't have? They don't have peace in their life. But someone who's sold out for God and filled with his spirit, they have a supernatural peace in their life that surpasses all human understanding. They could literally be walking through hellfire or a storm of life, and they walk through it with a supernatural peace that just amazes everyone around them. And then there's patience and kindness. And here's what's incredible. Paul wrote this passage when Rome ruled the world. Kindness wasn't even in the dictionary back then. Crucifixion was. It was might makes right. The law of the jungle, survival of the fittest. And Paul talks about kindness. And then goodness and faithfulness. Faithfulness is I said I would stick by you whether things were good or things were bad and I'm sticking by you. Parents, raise your hand if you're a parent here this morning. I'm the father of five. Faithfulness is what I want my eventual son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws to have with my children. Isn't it the same for you? Then there's gentleness and self-control. Self-control runs contrary to everything that nature and culture tells us to do. So, do you think this message and mission of the church matters? You bet it does. You bet it does. Because we're not just stewards of the message of eternal life, we're the stewards of a message of a better life. And it runs contrary to what's natural. And it runs contrary to culture. And it runs contrary to what's normal. And then the Apostle Paul ends it with this brilliant insight. This next phrase, whether you're a Christian or not, is just staggering in its implication and in its significance. Listen to how Paul finishes his list of what a person or a community looks like when it's filled with the Holy Spirit and sold out for God. Check this out. Last verse we'll look at today, Galatians 5, 20, He says, against such things, there is no law. Against such things, there's no law. This is huge. Did you catch that? He says, when it comes to sin in the world, Governments have created laws to control people's behavior. But when an individual, when a family, when a church community goes all in with God and embraces the actions and activities fueled by the Holy Spirit, there becomes no need for law. That's amazing. You, You never hear somebody say, hey, that's enough patience. Don't make me come over there. Stop having so much patience in your life. Cut it out. Or, hey, stop that. That's way too much love. You know what the problem with your marriage is? Too much love. You guys need to knock it out. Do you understand how brilliant what Paul is teaching us is? Paul says when the individual, when the church community is willing to give God first place in every area of their life and make him Lord, and they're filled with the Spirit, the need for law diminishes to nothing. Nothing. Because suddenly, I'm not the center of my world anymore. God is the center of my world. You know how powerful that is? That's what sanctification is. It's the heart that's totally in love with God. It's totally sold out for God. And a life that's becoming more and more and more like Jesus every day as we take step after step after step and continue to grow in grace. So are the core values of our church important? You bet they are. Our biblical values say that everybody you're ever eyeball to eyeball with is made in the image of God and is loved by God. So they should be loved by us. Loved people, love people. Found people, find people. Growing people, grow with people. Saved people, serve people. Church, is what we're doing as a local congregation important? You have no idea. Can we, if we're sold out for God, even influence our culture? Absolutely. Do you know that, that there are crosses, more crosses today in the city of Rome than in any city in the world? The nation that literally, the Roman nation that literally tried to destroy Christianity is now the epicenter of Christianity. There are more crosses and more churches in the city of Rome than any other city in the world. Why? Because this message is so powerful. So here's what we know and believe here. We believe that changed people change. We change as we begin to turn over our hearts fully to God. We change as we continue to take next steps by faith. And when we do this together as a church community, we have the power to change lives, to change our families, to change our communities, to change our state of Maine, to change even the world. Loved people, love people. Found people, find people. Growing people, grow with people, saved people, serve people, and changed people change. Can we pray together? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Heavenly Father, I know that a message like this is gonna land in so many different places with the people in the room today because again, we're we're all different. But Father, I I just pray that, that we were able to hear what we needed to hear today. For the person here that's just kind of been sitting on the fence about what they believe about God, God, I pray that they would be willing to see you and feel your presence, to take a step of faith, to believe that you're real to take maybe a first step and say, you know what, God, if you love me like that, if you're you're really a God like that, who loves me like that and is willing to meet me right where I am, God, I, I wanna take a step into a personal relationship with you. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online, maybe that's your first step. Maybe it's a person who says, you know what, I'm not gonna let fear control me anymore, I'm gonna go public with my decision of faith. I'm going to get baptized. I'm not ashamed to tell the world I love Jesus. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe it's inviting someone to church that you have had in your mind and in your heart for a long time. Maybe they've rejected you 10 times before, but you're making commitment today. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep loving in them. I'm going to keep investing in their lives, and I'm going to keep inviting them to encounter Jesus. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe it's getting involved in community. Maybe it's using your talents and giftings to serve. Maybe it's saying, God, I've accepted your son Jesus, but if I'm being honest, Jesus is a part of my life. He's not all of my life. God, I want to go all in. I want you to have first place in every area of my life. And I want you to search me day by day, step by step. God, you can have it all. I give it all to you. I want to go all in. As the worship team uh, leads us in this closing song, again, I want to let you know these altars are open. If you need to nail some things down with God and get some things right, you're welcome to come up and pray. If you want to kneel down right where you're at and pray, you're welcome to do that too. But I hope you won't let this moment slip by. I hope today you'll find out what your next step is and then you'll have the courage take it. God, give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard and the courage to do something about it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.
1: surrender you are breaking new ground so I yield to you into your careful hand when I trust you I don't need to understand make me a vessel make me an offering Whatever you want me to be i came here with nothing but all you have given me jesus bring new wine out of me in the crushing in the pressing Oh. vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new
0: Pray blessings upon these, your people, this morning. God, again, I ask you to give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard today and throughout this series, Father God, about our core values here as a church. That loved people, love people, found people, find people, that growing people grow with people, that saved people serve people, and that changed people they actually change. God, I pray that we would be able to take that to heart, that we would search for what our next step is in our walk with you because we're not finished yet and because the best is yet to come. God, give us the wisdom to know what to do and then give us the courage to take action, to make a course correction, to make a life change, to take a next step out of the smaller story of us and into the greater story that you have for us. We love you, God. We pray these things in your son's name in jesus name amen god bless you guys i hope you have an awesome first week of october and we can't wait to see you back next week as we begin a brand new series for the month of october called spiritual warfare god bless
1: so make me a vessel make me an offering make me whatever You want me to be. I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Oh, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine.